Section 35 of The Fortunes of Nigel by Sir Walter Scott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 33. I'll play the eavesdropper. Richard III, Act 5, Scene 3. James had no sooner resumed his seat at the council board than he began to hitch in his chair, cough, use his handkerchief, and make other intimations that he meditated a long speech the council composed themselves to the beseeming degree of attention charles as strict in his notions of decorum as his father was indifferent to it fixed himself in an attitude of rigid and respectful attention while the haughty favorite conscious of his power over both father and son stretched himself more easily on his seat and in assuming an appearance of listening seemed to pay a debt to ceremonial rather than to duty i doubt not my lord said the monarch that some of you may be thinking the hour of refection is past and that it is time to ask with the slave in the comedy quid de simbolo nevertheless to do justice and exercise judgment is our meat and drink and now we are to pray your wisdom to consider the case of this unhappy youth lord glenvarlock and see whether consistently with our honour anything can be done in his favour i'm surprised at your majesty's wisdom making the inquiry said the duke it is plain this dalgarno hath proved one of the most insolent villains on earth and it must therefore be clear that if lord glenvarlock had run him through the body there would but have been out of the world a knave who had lived in it too long i think lord glenvarlock hath had much wrong and i regret that by the persuasions of this false fellow i have myself had some hand in it ye speak like a child steenie i mean my lord of buckingham answered the king it is one that does not understand the logic of the schools for an action may be inconsequential or even meritorious quod hominem that is as touching him upon whom it is acted and yet most criminal quod locum or considering the place wherein it is done as a man may lawfully dance cridy beardy or any other dance in a tavern but not interparitus ecclesiae so that though it may have been a good deed to have sticked lord dalgarno being such as he has shown himself anywhere else yet it fell under the plain statute when violence was offered within the verge of the court for let me tell you my lords the statute against striking would be of no small use in our court if it could be eluded by justifying the person stricken to be a knave it is much to be lamented that i can nay court in christendom where knaves are not to be found and if men are to break the peace under pretence of beating them why it will rain jedart staves in our very antechamber what your majesty says replied prince charles is marked with your usual wisdom the precincts of palaces must be sacred as well as the persons of kings which are respected even in the most barbarous nations as being one step only beneath their divinities but your majesty's will can control the severity of this and every other law and it is in your power on consideration of his case to grant 
the rash young man a free pardon rem acus testagisti carola me purula answered the king and know my lords that we have by a shrewd device and gift of our own already sounded the very depth of this lord glenvarlock's disposition i trow there be among you some that remember my handling in the curious case of my lady lake and how i trimmed them about the story of hearkening behind the heiress now this put me to cogitation and i remembered me of having read that dionysius king of syracuse whom historians call tyrannos which signifieth not in the greek tongue as in ours a truculent usurper but a royal king who governs it may be something more strictly than we and other lawful monarchs whom the ancients termed basilius now this dionysius of syracuse caused cunning workmen to build for himself a lug do you ken what that is my lord bishop a cathedral i presume to guess answered the bishop what the deal man i crave your lordship's pardon for swearing but it was no cathedral only a lurking-place called the king's lug or ear where he could sit undescried and hear the converse of his prisoners now sirs in imitation of this dionysius whom i took for my pattern the rather that he was a great linguist and grammarian and taught a school with good applause after his abdication either he or his successor of the same name it matters not wilk i've caused them to make a lug up at the state prison of the tower yonder more like a pulpit than a cathedral my lord bishop and communicating with the heiress behind the lieutenant's chamber where we may sit and privily hear the discourse of such prisoners as are pent up there for state offences and so creep into the very secrets of our enemies the prince cast a glance towards the duke expressive of great vexation and disgust buckingham shrugged his shoulders but the motion was so slight as to be almost imperceptible weel my lord ye can the fray at the hunting this morning i shall not get out of the trembling excise until i have a sound night's sleep just after that they bring ye in a pretty page that had been found in the park we were warned against examining him ourselves by the anxious care of those around us nevertheless holding our life ever at the service of these kingdoms we commanded all to avoid the room the rather that we suspected this boy to be a girl what think ye my lords few of you would have thought i had a hawk's eye for sick gear but we thank god that though we are old we know so much of such toys as may beseem a man of decent gravity weel my lords we questioned this maiden in male attire ourselves and i profess it was a very pretty interrogatory and well followed for though she at first professed that she assumed this disguise in order to countenance the woman who should present us with the lady hermione's petition for whom she professed entire affection yet when we suspecting anguis in urba did put her to the very question she was compelled to own a virtuous attachment for glenvarlockides in such a pretty passion of shame and fear that we had much ado to keep our own eyes from keeping company with hers in weeping also she laid before us the false practices of this dalgarno towards glenvarlockides inveigling him into houses of ill resort 
and giving him evil counsel under pretext of sincere friendship whereby the inexperienced lad was led to do what was prejudicial to himself and offensive to us but however prettily she told her tale we determined not altogether to trust to her narration but rather to try the experiment whilk we had devised for such occasions and having ourselves speedily passed from greenwich to the tower we constituted ourselves eavesdropper as it is called to observe what should pass between glenvar lockades and his page whom we caused to be admitted to his apartment well judging that if they were of counsel together to deceive us it could not be but something of it would spunk out and what think ye we saw my lords naething for you to sniggle and laugh at steenie for i question if you could have played the temperate and christian-like part of this poor lad glenvarlock he might be a father of the church in comparison of you man and then to try his patience yet farther we loosed on him a courtier and a citizen that is sir mungo malagrother and our servant george harriet here wa dang the poor lad about and didna greatly spare our royal selves you mind geordie what you said about the wives and concubines but i forgive ye man nay need of kneeling i forgive ye and readier that it regards a certain particular wilk as it added not much to solomon's credit the like of it cannot be said to impinge on ours a wheel my lords for all temptation of sore distress and evil a sample this poor lad never loosed his tongue on us to say one unbecoming word which inclines us the rather acting always by your wise advice to treat this affair of the park as a thing done in the heat of blood and under strong provocation and therefore to confer our free pardon on lord glenvarlock i am happy your gracious majesty said the duke of buckingham has arrived at that conclusion though i could never have guessed at the road by which you attained it i trust said prince charles that it is not a path which your majesty will think it consistent with your high dignity to tread frequently never while i live again baby charles that i give you my royal word on they say the hearkeners hear ill tales of themselves by my soul my very ears are tingling with that old sorrow sir mungo's sarcasms he called us close-fisted steenie i'm sure you can contradict that but it is mere envy in the old mutilated sinner because he himself has neither a noble to hold in his loof nor fingers to close on it if he had here the king lost recollection of sir mungo's irreverence in chuckling over his own wit and only farther alluded to it by saying we must give the old maunderer boatswain linguam something to stop his mouth or he will rail at us from dan to beersheba and now my lords let our warrant of mercy to lord glenvarlock be presently expedited and he put to his freedom and as his estate is likely to go so sleeveless a gate we will consider what means of favour we can show him my lords i wish you an appetite to an early supper for our labours have approached that term baby charles and steenie you will remain till our couchy my lord bishop you will be pleased to stay to bless our meat geordie harriet a word with you apart his majesty then drew the citizen into a corner while the counsellors those excepted who had been commanded to remain made their obeisance and withdrew geordie said the king my good and trusty servant here he busied his fingers much with the points and ribbons of his dress ye see that we have granted from our own natural sense of right and justice that which yon long-backed fellow manipulates i think they call him proffered to purchase from us with a mighty bribe Wilk we refused as being a crowned king 
who would neither sell our justice nor our mercy for pecuniar consideration now what think ye should be the upshot of this my lord glenvarlock's freedom and his restoration to your majesty's favour said harriet i ken that said the king peevishly ye are very dull to-day i mean what do you think this fallow manipolis should think about the matter surely that your majesty is a most good and gracious sovereign answered harriet we had need to be good and gracious baith said the king still more pettishly that have idiots about us that cannot understand what we meant at unless we speak it out in braid lowlands see this shield manipolis sir and tell him what we have done for lord glenvarlock in whom he takes such part out of our own gracious motion though we refuse to do it on any proffer of private advantage now you may put it till him as if of your own mind whether it will be a gracious or a dutiful part in him to press us for present payment of the two or three hundred miserable pounds for whilk we were obliged to uh, pignorate our jewels indeed mony men may think ye wad do the part of a good citizen if you took it on yourself to refuse him payment seeing he hath had what he professed to esteem full satisfaction and considering moreover that it is evident he hath no pressing need of the money whereof we have much necessity george harriet sighed internally oh my master thought he my dear master is it then fated you are never to indulge any kingly or noble sentiment without its being sullied by some afterthought of interested selfishness the king troubled himself not about what he thought but taking him by the collar said ye ken my meaning now jingler away wi ye you are a wise man manage at your ain gate but forget not our present straits the citizen made his obeisance and withdrew and now baron said the king what do you look upon each other for and what have you got to ask of your dear dad and gossip only said the prince that it would please your majesty to command the lurking-place at the prison to be presently built up the groans of a captive should not be brought in evidence against him what build up my lug baby charles and ye have better death than hear ill tales of oneself so let them build it up hard and fast without delay but rather that my back is sair with sitting in it for a whole hour and now let us see what the cooks have been doing for us bonny bairns End of chapter thirty three